You know what time it is and you already know the deal. This is The Real For Real with Kevin, Trevor, and Isaiah. Bringing the realest, most in-depth perspectives on the film industry. So get ready, get set, and let's get into the show. What's going on everybody and welcome to The Real For Real. We hope that you guys have been enjoying listening to us and we thank you for any new listeners who are out there. Today it is me and Trevor. As you know, Kevin is off with the family on a little bit of vacay. I know we've been a little speckled over the course of the summer, but you know, hey, this is the time for traveling and being with family. So I understand. Uh, we wish him the best as he's traveling right now. But we came to bring you another hot review for probably what people are saying to be the summer's biggest blockbuster this uh, this coming summer. Uh, I don't know if I feel that way 100%, but I know I've seen it in the headlines. Trevor, I don't know if you feel this way, but we are doing Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yes, Ooh, that's that, right. That's a that's a mouthful for a title. Boy, what? Like, it's a lot to say. I, I was just like, do we have to say Part 1? We couldn't have just said Dead Reckoning and then... You're right. I, I mean, I think everybody... The Return know. of the Reckoning for the second <laughs> one? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we could have did that. Just dropped it as you, you're very, you're very correct. Yeah, it's, it, it's a mouthful. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but the focus being on Mission Impossible, uh, the new Mission Impossible film directed by Christopher McQuarrie, a screenplay by Christopher McQuarrie and Eric Genderson. I hopefully said that name right, Genderson. Uh, produced by Tom Cruise and as well Christopher McQuarrie, distributed by Paramount Pictures and starring Tom Cruise, Haley Atwell, mm. Rebecca Ferguson, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg. Vanessa Kirby, um, Palm Clementif, S.I. Morales, Henry Sejourney, uh, Harry El, uh, Elwes, and Shay Wiggum, and Greg Tarzan Davis. I threw his name in there just because Greg Davis, it's crazy every time I see him on screen. When I was in school back at LSU, I think he was a resident. If I remember right, he was a resident in the dorm where I was an RA at. And so it's crazy. I, I, I always wonder how his career took him to films and TV. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So shout out to him. And I was wondering if you were going to shout him out. So yeah, all right, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just cool when you see somebody you know on that screen. Like, I, And I ain't going to act like we was best buddies. So if you if you out there, you listening to us, and you're like, I know Greg, I'm going to call him today and see if he knows it. He ain't going to remember me like that. He no, may yeah, know that yeah, I was yeah. the brother that was in the, in the thing. And that's about how I know him. But it was just yeah. really interesting. When we were in the theater, my wife texted me and was like, Hey, that's that man from LSU. I was like, yeah, that's that man from LSU. That's him. I was like, he was in Kirby for a little bit. So that's cool. Was it? Oh, I guess he was in Top Gun Maverick as well. I don't remember him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think I was reading, like, because I did afterward, I just did some little reading again. I was curious uh, to see how he got to this place. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't I didn't see him around the School of Music and uh, Dramatic Arts where I was a lot. So I didn't yeah. know if that was his major to begin. And it turns out, I guess he started elementary ed and and then kind of maneuvered from there. But also when I was reading, it sounds like he's got a pretty good relationship with Tom Cruise. Yeah. So yeah. I guess from, you know, he gets hooked up to do Maverick and then it's like, hey, you want to be in another movie with me? Come on. It doesn't yeah. seem like. Yeah. I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, yeah, that's how it is. You gotta <laughs> just depends on who sees you and who appreciates what you can bring to the table. And And, and there you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what I mean, what I were say, you first? I say it sometimes. It's like, yeah, you ain't gotta like me. My boss likes me, and that's all that matters. <laughs> big facts, big facts. <laughs> Anybody who's getting the same paycheck as you ain't got to like you the same way. Yeah. The folks in charge, those are the ones that sometimes people gotta kiss up to. I understand. 
<laughs> nah, but uh, let's get into it a little bit, man. What's your, what were your first thoughts? I mean, technically, we went and got we got to see it early. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you, you and I got I got to see it early, and both of my wives went with us. But uh, tell me, uh, we talked a little bit about it. But what were your initial thoughts walking out the door? You know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, obviously, I think I've mentioned it here several times, but I'm obviously a big Mission Impossible fan. Out of this whole spy thriller thing, it's kind of it's probably my favorite franchise. I've loved it since Mission Impossible 2, and I know the folks in the Mission Impossible community would be all like, am I too? You like that one? Hell yeah, I did. Peak 2000 cinema, action cinema right there. No, that's real. <laughs> but uh, but I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I don't think that it's the best one in the series. I like Fallout the best, but I still enjoyed this one. Um, what about you? So I am in agreement when you say I don't think it's the best in the series. I, yeah, Fallout was pretty strong, um, but this one was when I left out of there. I had a good time with it. Yeah, um, I, I always gotta you know respect put respect on the series. Now you may have spoke some blasphemy in saying that like Mission Impossible is one of the best spy films when James Bond exists, but I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you make it. Like we already had some tension on our last episode because <laughs> we had we hadn't all three been together in a while, so I'm, I'm gonna let that breathe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great movie. I mean, and I ain't gonna lie, gotta be honest. Seeing uh, what really tied me into making sure I was gonna see this one, and I know I'm one of those who's gonna complete a series, but. Seeing that Vanessa Kirby and uh, Haley oh. Atwell was in it, I was like, <laughs> "Well, dang, let me go ahead and get in here for the first day if I can." Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. Like, I mean, I would be lying if I if I didn't say anything. I was, yeah. Haley Haley is beautiful. Yeah, oh, that's a, right. yeah. And then Haley is a great. I, I think she's a great actress though. Like yes. everything I've seen her in is really good. But yeah. Miss Kirby as well. Um, there's just something there's a captivating appeal to them. Um, and then also shout out to Ving Rhames. I'm a big Ving Rhames fan too. Like, I yeah, he's always he always got this swag about him. There's a couple of dudes in Hollywood, especially brothers, that got this like swag. Denzel's one of them. Sam Jack is one of them. And then Ving Rhames. They always just got this this cool player feel about him. Terrence yeah. Howard will be will make that list too. And you know, yeah. And yeah, yeah. You know how I know I was all like, man, I really appreciate Ving Ving Rhames' acting. Because if you ask me, one of my favorite movies that he's done, Holiday mm. Heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's, I mean, low-key, I mean, as a kid, I was confused about it. But as I grew up, I was like, you know what? That takes some guts, bro. Like, that takes some guts yeah. to go out there and do it. And it, told, it showed me a little bit more respect that he has for, like, the craft in general. That he yeah. would put himself in a vulnerable spot to go to learn a, or to be able to portray a different uh, background yeah. and different type of person than, than what he presents as. So I was yeah. like, Kudos to him, and man. and then and then that reminds me that's something that we'll need to have a whole episode on. But uh, just just to shout out, Holiday Heart, directed by Robert Townsend. We need to have a conversation about Robert Townsend because oh, straight up, straight up. Let's yeah, go he, ahead and press he, he save did a lot of great that. things back then. Robert Townsend, in fact, and it was uh, great to see him. It was nice to see him in uh, season two of The Bear. Yeah, you, you just you 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 hit exactly where I was going. I was like, what when Robert pa- when yeah. Robert popped up? I was just like. Lord, yes. Yeah. I was like, I've been wondering where this man been at for a little while, so I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad he, he's still well, I know, in the I, I know you never got around to it, but he was on, he made an appearance in uh, Black Lightning. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I need to get, I think I've only gone through like two episodes of Black Lightning, then for some reason, just with all the other stuff that I was trying to catch up with, never picked it back up. So I'm still in season one, episode three. So yeah, definitely yeah. I'd check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um. 
But let's get into some of these positives, I guess, about the movie. Um, but and I, I guess I'll, I'm gonna start. I want to start this cool. Yeah, I'm gonna start with first uh, some just the number one thing that I think we all respect Tom Cruise for, and that's practical effects. Yes, yes, that was practical gonna be my effects. number one. Yeah, like at the end of the day, some of, I think this thing is really selling the tickets it's selling. One because people know, and they did a big press thing about this, but knowing that he jumped off a cliff. You know, what I'm saying on a motorcycle, knowing that they, you know, built a train to actually shoot those train scenes instead of it just being a hundred percent CGI, <laughs> a still train car in a in a studio and a bunch of yeah. green screen around you. Yeah, like that stuff is commendable and it looks good and yes, it just makes it real. Yeah, like, practical effects have always looked good, and I think that's something that. Um, we can appreciate as because as, when we look back and I think when people think look back on older movies and have a fondness for those, it's just because there was that that spectacle that you could truly appreciate when you see people coming up with creative ways to shoot things. Sure. Here, you know, how how hard is it? Or I mean, it's very difficult to do all the CGI and stuff, but like, I don't know. There's just, I don't know. I, as a movie goer, I appreciate it more when it's like, let's build something. <laughs> Let's figure out a creative way to shoot this so we can still convey and tell the stories that we want to tell. Yeah. Even though there's still creativity in making it CGI, but it just goes further when it's practical. Yeah. And then it just... I don't know if that was coherent, but... No, no. I thought... I'm with you. I'm with you. And I also think it's just one of those things that it just looks better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, I'm not saying that the CGI artists out there are making bad crap. That's not what I'm saying. No, yeah. But at the end of the day, seeing somebody standing in front of a green screen still gives a level of, uh, of uh, for lack of a better word, fakeness to it, right? Yeah. You can tell that it's happening. It's the reason why when we sit back to watch, um, even like uh, not just talking about CGI, but when you sit back and watch those classic films and they drive in the car, you just see the, the rolling uh, backgrounds that they yeah, were using yeah. back in the yeah. 40s, you know, and and yeah. such and then eventually computer technology would take that and in the 70s it was actually maybe a green screen of some sort and they played the video running behind it but regardless you're like uh, <laughs> it just it takes you out of it a little bit yeah. you know that's what they were capable of at the time but it just takes you out of it once they started doing the other it's like why would you go back and so at the end of the day realness is always the best thing nobody likes people being fake they don't want their scenes being fake so if you can make it real make it real and they delivered on this, delivered in a big way. Yeah, you know what I mean. What uh, what other ones you got on the on the docket? I was gonna say uh, Mission Impossible has always done really well with their casting, and then keeping the core dynamics that make it uh, a Mission Impossible movie. But sure. it's always so impressive that they can just fit other people in and kind of and kind of keep that good chemistry. Because yeah. like. It felt good when I saw Benji and uh, Luther and them having their uh, and and, and uh, Ethan having their 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 uh, same little debates. And- yeah, same little debates and handling <laughs> situations and like you know <laughs> Ethan getting pissed because Luther's gonna like uh, we we decided to withhold certain information from you because <laughs> yeah. we know how you get. Just yeah. All like, yeah. like it felt good to see all that. And then I thought Haley Atwell's. Uh, Grace just fit well into that too when they started incorporating her and like you know it just it just all works so kudos to them on that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna actually piggyback that by saying 
Tom Cruise and Atwell's like chemistry in the movie was, it was great. Like, I'm not gonna lie, Atwell's uh, Grace, when Grace has her introduction into the movie, uh-huh. that whole thing was just like, it was moving pretty well, aside from the magic tricks. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, right. I forgot about that to mention that in my, my introduction. Because it's <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot more sleight of hand in here than I thought there would be for a Mission Impossible movie. So like, I don't know. I don't know what was up with that. I don't know if Tom's nephew like got a magic book and was showing him or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, the sleight of hand thing was the only thing outside of that. But I just remember thinking the whole time, like, these two really got some chemistry on screen, man. Like, yeah. If you, if I didn't know any better, I'd have thought they was like together in real life. The way they were just like, they just gelled really well together. Yeah. Um. And so that was really cool. <laughs> and now it did it did make it a little bit weird because like like you say they have that chemistry and I don't know if they were intending on it to be as romantic as it came across, but like whenever Issa was on uh Issa uh Ilsa was on, oh, the, Ilsa, on yeah. the yeah Ilsa was on the screen and then like I was just like oh. That's not your man no more, girl. Yeah, <laughs> you got a new like, woman. <laughs> like I, I can't lie. Like, and, and y'all know if y'all at home and y'all listen to it, y'all know we go into it with spoilers. But so I just be prepared. But when it came down to choosing between one or the other, I was like, "See you later, we, Yeah, I was like, "We've been seeing this all day. We know who he going for." <laughs> like, like I was like, "I'm gonna be mad if if, if Outwell doesn't make it through. Grace got to yeah. be there." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, cause yeah. it was yeah, they were just. Uh, they they just felt like they belonged, like they were in their own thing together. They were really close. Yeah, uh, it's at least the way it, it paints. And you're right. I don't know if that was intended to be painted that way, but yeah, it, it felt just too real. And so kudos to the both of them on that. Um, another big benefit I'd say, or great uh, positive on this one, would be the cinematography on this. They had some really really great shots done. Um, the sh- the shots from the desert the way they did the shot the desert scene yeah. I really enjoyed um, the the locales and the way that they shot some of the locales really really beautiful like I think we got some of those nice they were kind of long but they got a couple of nice sweeping shots of like the valley where the uh, train was pulling through and I yeah. was like that's really beautiful um, and heck even just the angles in which they were able to shoot you know, Tom jumping off of the darn mountain and getting those, man, it was nice. Really, yeah. really nice shots. In this yeah. Film. Yeah. Everything with everything that happened in, um, in Rome. And I was just all like, man, that's funny because Fast and the Furious was here too, but y'all did it better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. But then again, Everybody is doing things better than Fast and Furious. <laughs> right now, they're just doing too much, too, too much. Um, but yeah, like I mean, and and I'd also say what the entity, like the the visuals for the entity. I've got to add. Didn't that it remind you? Too, didn't it remind like, you of uh, the Windows <laughs> music just about, player? It images. Yep, it definitely reminded me of Windows Media Player back in the day, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fact, back in the day, yeah. I'd be so mad if I read an article somewhere and it was like, yeah, we, we were trying to figure out something that would look alive and we just, somebody happened to have an old computer with 95 on it. We went, yeah, yeah, get that Windows 95 thing and run it in the background. Yeah. Because it, it definitely reminded me of those media player uh, screen screensavers and stuff whenever it moved around. Um, but yeah, I thought those visuals were cool, especially in the little nightclub 
mm-hmm. we're introduced to uh, Kirby's character as well. So like, I, yeah, I thought it was pretty solid in terms of its uh, cinematography and camera work. We did some some really cool things. What else you got on the docket? And then I'll just say this. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can say this is consensus, consistently across the board, but I think it just was just a great theatrical experience. We saw yeah. it in Dolby Cinema uh, at AMC, of course, but like those the seats were rocking and the the the, the volume of the the music, everything was well balanced, and like it was just a it's a great experience. So I highly recommend anybody to go see it in that premium format if you can, because I think it just elevated oh. it. It'll be one of my more memorable cinema experiences. And that's just absolutely. not because I'm a fan of the series. No, I, I absolutely believe that too. This thing was made, this was made with uh, the the premium experience in in mind. Yeah. Like there are a lot of times, I, I know for any of you guys who are going to the movies, you, you see those ads and they're like, this wasn't made to be watched on your phone and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is one time where I, I truly felt like yeah, this this needs to be there. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And 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 it's and and uh, I think that it, yeah, because because you know Tom Cruise, that's what he's always saying, right? Especially with with Maverick, uh, with this one, he's like, people, I'm I'm trying to create good reasons for people to get back into the theaters. I'm yeah. trying to keep people coming to the theaters. And so now definitely that's a losing battle for him with the with the theaters competing with their uh their other with their uh, opposite objective of charging as much as they do at the concession stands, but. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Shots fired at a. <clears throat> we don't name no theaters. We don't name AMC. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, like I, I mean, I understand. I think that's that's a problem. And of course, you know, streaming has just got streaming and not having to wait as long for release, like the DVD and Blu-ray and such releases. Yeah, I think just the shortened wait time for those. It's it's a hard fight. It's an uphill battle that we're fighting. But I'm I'm with you, Tom. You, you, I think we need to keep that experience around. Heck, if you want to bring back more drive-ins, I'm still, I'm still for that too. I enjoy doing that as well. But, you know, I've never, I've never been to a drive-in theater, so I need oh, to do come that. Come on, man, we got one close to us. Yeah, I know, I know. Say, li- I know. say less, man. We're going to make that happen one day. Bring all the families out there. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. Yeah. Um, any other ones you got on? Uh, any other positives you got on your mind right now? Oh, the just the overall, just just the plot. I think that this is probably the strongest plot in the franchise. I think, if I not, it's, so. it's 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 up there. I think it's a now. It does make for some weird moments um, in the movie, but overall, <laughs> uh, I, I thought it worked well with the whole fact that, like, okay, the entity is actually going to be the the when it first was designed and of course like everybody who designs a computer based or some kind of artificial intelligence they don't we have our set fell safe to prevent it from becoming sentient and, and yep yeah but uh you know I, I i do think it was a good concept of like yeah we're, we, we've created this thing and it's going to be the ultimate agent right yeah so um no, i do think it was I, a good story strong plot and, and i was going to say also um on my list I, kind of in the same territory but more specific, it had some of the nicest plot twists and setups, right? Like, oddly enough, as I'm watching the film, I do get the vibe that, you know, uh, the original CIA contact or whoever it is that we see in the meeting in the beginning, yes, he seems like a, I, I felt that he would be going rogue on us and would be, you know, a villain. I was not expecting, though, Carrie, uh, 
Ella, uh, Carrie Ellis, Elwes's character, and sorry if I'm saying that wrong, I never know how to say his name, but I was not expecting him to turn out to be the one who designed it and then has been, you know, was behind the sinking of the ship, all that. So whenever he winds up popping up on the train, I'm like, whoa, didn't, like I just didn't see that coming. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the betrayal of uh, the betrayal of S.I. Morales's uh, Gabriel. He betrays Paris like a little bit. That was crazy. You yeah. didn't see that one coming. Well, I mean, um, he also did call it, though, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no, he did. I mean, he was right. <laughs> but it was just like, dang. Um, so that was interesting to me. That was all like they had really nice ways of of putting those tying those things in. And they didn't seem overdone. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Uh, that reminds me then the the fight between Paris and Ethan in the alleyway. Uh, what 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 do you think about that? Because I I did appreciate. I know we see a lot of it in the trailer, and it was a nice. Mm-hmm. They were very good trailer moments. Yeah. Um, but the fight, I don't know something about it. I don't know. I didn't think it it, it wasn't as um, so, intense as I was expecting it to be. So, so I, I've got a little bit about fights in general when we get to uh to negatives uh, okay and, uh, all right um but yeah but i do want to i do want to tag on it that was great cinematography there and like all the yes. lighting and the shadowings and the staging and everything and and but like other than when the fight ends and then ethan takes the pipe and smashes it on the wall above her head yeah <laughs> i yeah. was just all like okay <laughs> but I was like, Ethan, you should have brought that earlier, but why are you getting your ass handed to you? But okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fair. Um, I, yeah, there's, well, like I said, I'll get to it when we get to anything on the, when we get to our negatives a little bit. Yeah. Because, I, yeah, there were some issues I had a little bit with some of the fight sequences we yeah, dealt with yeah. in this. And then, um, and then in, uh, my last thing I'll just say, of course, it doesn't have to be, uh, usually doesn't have to be said, but Tom Cruise's mm-hmm. star power. And you got to give it to him because he also he always still keeps his star power and everything he does. Yeah. But he also always leaves room for others to shine. No, that's great. No, that's, that's great. Like you said, I didn't, I, I didn't expect Haley to do so or to come across as well as she did because like they even kind of tipped the hat that like okay is she gonna take over the franchise? That's and what I it think. That's what it felt. She could. Like. I think she could. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, I think she could. And with that little story point, when they started to bring her over to the IMF, yeah. I definitely was thinking to myself, so is this a handoff? Yeah. You know, I mean, what what age-wise, we we talked about it a little earlier, but yeah. Haley is only is, 40, is 41, correct? Yeah. yeah. And then Tom Cruise is how old? He's 61, 62. Yeah. So I'm like, if he's been doing this still at 60, um, you know, somewhere, past, you know, jumping past 60, I was like, true, he can't keep doing all this all the time. No. Like, there's no way I can see him continuing to jump through, uh, jump off cliffs. Because there, <laughs> there is going to get a point, because, like, I know we've, we didn't do an episode on this, but we talked about um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And yeah. part of my issue with that is just that Harris is just too old. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. Harrison's He's just too good. old, so now, I still don't know. I still also don't understand why Marvel then decided to cast him as Thaddeus Ross. But you know, yeah. Well, and maybe he doesn't have as much to do. In, oh, it's in all going to be done in CGI. Things. 
Yeah, maybe so. Maybe but, maybe it's a little easier for him. You, I don't know. I digress. We're, we're getting this off topic, but no, no, but I get what you're saying. But yeah. with twenty with twenty years difference between the two, um, it could really work to pet to hand off the series and continue making, you know, these movies. Yeah. With Haley at the helm. Yeah. Now I would say the only negative to that, and this is not a negative to her or the filmmakers and. And to, or the idea of putting her in that spot, but it is just seems to be fact. They've had um, a couple of female-led spy movies come out in the past couple of years. Was it the Three Five Five? There was a uh, what was the uh, there was another one with Samuel Jackson and Maggie Q that I liked, but oddly enough, they weren't sell- They they just haven't been selling that well, and that's the only scary thing I see if they are going to take that route and. Huh. I have I not heard of the three five five. Okay, all right. Yeah, it was like, and it was a nice cast too. So I definitely didn't understand as to why it didn't oh, yeah. do well. It was like Lupita Nyong'o, Melody um, Cruz. Yeah, yeah, Jessica Chastain. Uh, yeah, Bing Bing. Like it was just. Did this go into movies or was this like a? It went into the theaters. Like it, in oh, fact, the theatrical release. Was, okay. I think it was not too long after um, No Time to Die. I think it was roughly in that same little window. Huh. So it's it just was strange to me that like and I thought it was a decent I thought it was a pretty decent movie. Rotten yeah. Tomato gave it a 24%. But like there's been a series of these female lead spy films as of recent that I don't think have really um lived up in the box office. So I'm just scared that hey, what if that causes an issue and then the the series dies out, which and unfortunately, the last time they tried to build a franchise off of, you know, Haley was in Marvel with Agent Carter, and that didn't even jump off on TV. So uh, yeah. that's my only scare. But I yeah. hope, I, I think that she's got the talent to do so. And yeah. if she captivates the way she did in this movie, I can't see why we wouldn't go back and see her. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And if she, and an Agent, I did watch Agent Carter. Agent Carter was good. Um, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just stuff with TV shows and. Yeah, sometimes it sometimes like it lands, yeah. sometimes it doesn't. She did, she did like she she can lead, and I think she can carry. So yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll just have to see. Um, yeah. But I, I might she's got my vote. She definitely has my vote if she wants to. If they pass it on that way, yeah, for sure. So, so any other? The, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think we're ready to get into negatives. Okay, and I I'm not I'm, let me preface this, y'all, because I got some nitpicks in this in this thing, but I think that they are big nitpicks. Especially given that right now we're in a we're in a series uh, or we're in a time uh, time period where there are a lot of franchises and series that I think are getting too big for their britches in a sense. Yeah. It's causing them to miss to take some missteps. So you yeah. guys may find these to be nitpicks, but I think that they are essential and also almost like problematic at some point to yeah. to the overall structure of how these things are operating. Yeah. So just be warned, they will affect my score too. Just so y'all are aware, they're gonna affect my yeah. score, and this is why I don't necessarily agree with a lot of people saying this was the best, necessarily the best action film of the or best film of the summer. That's so. Let's go ahead and get into it. What you got first? Uh, I was actually just gonna complain about the the length. That's my negative because. Mm, like you said, I do think these franchises are getting to the point where they're needlessly keeping us in the theater for two and a half hours. 
Um, yeah. This, it definitely felt stretched. There, there was just a lot of times where, uh, so let me keep, keep my thoughts straight. Initially, coming into this movie, I was like, do we really need to have a two-part Mission Impossible film? And I do think that they did I, well I with pacing the story and because we did explore a lot of things and I didn't think it was stretching from a story standpoint. But yeah. the, like just a, I think we really could have done this in two hours. We didn't need to have long shots of uh, Ethan running on top of the airport in Abu Dhabi. Even though it is need, a good shot. Yeah, it is. It's a good shot. It looks great, but we didn't need it, you know? Uh, we didn't need the again yeah, coming back to the scene in the in the alleyway with Paris fighting Ethan. Mm-hmm. You know they do a lot of cool staging before the actual fight starts, but I really yeah. think that it gets in the way of the momentum of the movie. When you think back to Fallout, the pacing of that movie they tell a lot of good story, and the pacing is and the momentum is just there, and it keeps moving and it drives all the way to the end. Yeah. It has its moments where it's, you know, they're staging things and then you just kind of like at the when Fallout finally ends and we see the explosion, but then we see Tom mm-hmm. uh, hanging with the with the device at the end. You're just like, OK, that yeah. was good. You know, now we can all rest. But here is just a lot of just just long stretching of the of the action and all the scenes yeah. when we really didn't need it. No, I, I I would definitely agree. I think, well, I, I agree to to the most part that it could be cut down. There were yeah. just some things that are because it still would have been very good. The plot, the story, would you still would have achieved all the things that you needed to? Yes, but we could have did it in two hours. No, I agree. And then I think to kind of speak to why it feels like it could have been shorter, at least from my uh, my end, I have to say that it's this one. My, my negative is that we've got a faceless villain and it creates a weird kind of mood for the movie. Like the yes. movie feels, it's a good, good movie. It really is. But as we're sitting there, the the use of the AI being the villain, and don't get me wrong, have we done this before? Yes. Terminator is essentially based around AI being a you know a problem, right? Yeah. Um. So we've done this before, but in this case, it truly is completely faceless. It and the face that they give us, the face they give us is Gabriel, but Gabriel feels unnecessary in part one. Yes. And I'm specifying part one because perhaps there will be a bigger something on the back end. I, I in fact I'm praying that on part two we learn a little more that Gabriel's got more inv- involvement. Are you specifying all... that? Have you seen part two? I have not. Are you, keep, are you keeping secrets? I have not. No, are no, you no, plugged no. in? No, no, no. If I was plugged in, I'd be, bra- well, I'd be bragging like hell about that to everybody. Be like, <laughs> Guess what? I've already seen part two. Yeah. I ain't going to give y'all spoilers, but just know that I'm that guy. That's what I, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be flaunting that. But I do, like, it just, it was really odd to watch this. And with, they keep referring to the entity, the entity. And the entity's making all these maneuvers. But then at times it makes me feel like some of what we're watching is unnecessary. It, like, it, it makes me wonder it, about the writing. Like, I'm yeah. like, why do we need this person? Or or why is this doing what it's doing here? Yeah, because um, like the whole, I think a really good scene to, to strengthen your argument is the scene in the club where all yep. the parties meet. <laughs> yep. And then this whole the whole time, um, 
Isaiah's character, um, uh, um, Gabriel, he's just talking like, like one that like he's speaking like he's a prophet from God. <laughs> and yes, I know that they're, right? they're, they draw the, they draw those, those similarities, but the whole time he's just all like, it doesn't even matter that I'm here. I know that this is going to work out this way because Which, either one of these women are going to die tonight. Yes. And, and, and I, I will like, have the key in my hand tomorrow. So it really doesn't matter any about anything what we're doing here today. Then why and, the fuck are you here? Yes. And, and that's uh, like, that's a big point. Like, and he, I think he even got to the point where he's like, I'm going to leave right now. I don't even need to yes. try to get the key. I'm going to leave. <laughs> why show up in the first place? Like, and that, and that's what I'm saying. It, 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 it's just, it creates a weird tone yeah. and makes the, the movie kind of less believable <laughs> in a, uh, don't get me wrong. This is a already a pretty grandiose, yeah. like it's spy stuff is hard to believe in the sense that like, truthfully, a spy should never be caught in these positions that everybody else is in where they're blowing up stuff, driving through the middle of the that's anti-spy. We all know that. Well, we spy also, should be unseen, right? <laughs> I know you like to also bring up the fact that this isn't the best spy franchise, especially considering with 007. But remember, this is from yeah. a 60s TV show's premise, and the, the, the IMF stands for Impossible Mission. Yes, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> And, and, I, and I, when I say that, I also mean that for James Bond, too. Like, technically, all the spy movies we watch, they're usually all really bad at their jobs. If you're getting in massive shootouts, they can make the news. Like, yeah. that's just not, that's not the way things should work. <laughs> Yeah. But but to have a AI, artificial intelligence that is smart enough to be able to outsmart humans and they're supposed to work on efficiency. Some of these things just don't sit well in my head. Why yeah. do I have to have this meeting if this thing is already efficient enough? Like if it's efficient enough, this meeting would actually be just the shootout to kill the one of the two ladies that needs to die. Yeah. Like that's what <laughs> that's what should have been, you know, spelled out for for everyone. Yeah. Now I know there's yes there's the movie making piece that you got to build, but I'm like it just makes those it things did, harder to believe. It did it did achieve its because that was a it was a very tension filled scene though, so yes. it did do well there. Like I Absolutely. can't I can't argue that, but when you just sit back and th- it's just like you said, it's just a really weird yeah, tone it, throughout, <laughs> and it opens up questions because like even and and I have to give them credit, they even set up that the AI has been toying with people. They even yes. have set that up. Because in the first meeting with all the different government officials and whatnot, they say that the thing <laughs> broke into some bank or whatever the heck it was. It broke into all of this, all the systems across the world through yeah. all the different countries, and, and it just, just let every it, yeah, and just left. But it did leave behind traces to let everybody know I've been here. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's not if that's not. It, why would an AI be dumber than me? Like, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it and not let them know. <laughs> Or you're going to actually do something you're not doing to, to just bait people. That doesn't make sense. So, like, I guess they prime us with that to make sure that when we see other things later, we feel that this thing is actually toying with everyone. But, again, it just, like I said, it just leaves a weird a weird feeling for me. Um, and, and it also makes Gabriel feel very useless and unnecessary in the movie. Yes. And that sucks when uh, Morales did such a great job with the, with I mean I think he his his overall demeanor and how he is uh, uh you know how he carries himself he does a great job in the perform- uh, uh, performance wise it just unfortunately feels unnecessary yeah so that's one of mine yeah. um what you got next um I really didn't have nothing else I I just I just would oh, really? just be yeah no no other than the other than the length yeah that was my only issue really with this movie I gotcha. Don't... 
but it's very entertaining. Everybody listening, don't get dissuaded. Still go see Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, I it's told you. entertaining. I will rewatch it. It's going to be added to the collection. Yes, um, same but, here. Yeah. And it will be on Blu-ray. Tell Kevin, y'all. Y'all see Kevin <laughs> in the streets. But, yeah. You know, I will get yeah. the Blu-ray. There are some there, stop getting DVDs. There are some that. things that I do think is silly that the characters did that I'd comment on, but like well, that's a, well, don't worry, I got them on my list. If you don't, yeah, matter. yeah. Well, so before we get into me just being nitpicky, I'll let you continue with your your serious nigga. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying like those those little things to me were serious enough too. So I've got that. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Um. So the next one I thought was kind of issue was the uh kind of a weird issue was the uh late placement of the title sequence slash the title sequence in general oh yeah oh yeah um, yeah yeah because like they don't how are the you title to us... like 25 minutes it yeah we're like 25 or 30 minutes, minutes in which i'm like at this point if they do drop a title se- i mean they didn't have to they really didn't have to drop it in there i thought it would have been fine to just keep going it's okay to just start your movie and let it roll yeah i mean we bought tickets we know what we're gonna see and if you got it at home you own it if it's on streaming, you click the button so you know what you're watching. Yeah. It's not a problem. Um, but when it does drop in 25 minutes into the film, I'm like, oh, well, uh, this feels late. Like, it just feels late. Like, you're like, we don't need this now. I know what I'm watching. We got it. Um, however, also, it's show the, the title sequence is showing clips of the movie that we're about to watch. Like, yeah. Make that make sense to me. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't understand why you would do that at all. I don't want to see the, like, clips of the fight sequences that I'm about to watch in a couple of minutes, because then that takes the awe factor away when I get to it. Yeah. So that was a little strange to well, me. Well, see, yeah, that is strange. And then kind of along those lines, uh, this ne- doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the movie itself, but the marketing for this movie, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we saw uh, leading up to the movie and going into movies and watching other movies and seeing trailers there, they kept running like this promo talking about the actual making of the the train scene. And they were describing about how, you know, they actually built a train, they got a track, they put the train on that track and they actually recorded, or they actually filmed, you know, the fight scene happening on top of that train going Mm -hmm. 60 miles per hour. And then they're talking about how they actually filmed them destroying said train (laughs) in real life. And then so to that point, when we're in the movie and you're watching, like you said, kind of kind of takes away from the spectacle of mm-hmm. oh, what's going to happen because as soon as they they mention oh, okay, uh, somebody's going to be on a train tomorrow, I'm like oh, we know we're going. Oh, okay, yes, uh, the train is going to get destroyed. We're seeing that instead of like you know that. And I know we've been watching movies for this long, and of course we should know that the train's going to get destroyed, but it still would have been nice not to know that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're giving no, no, away I, too much in the in, in in doing these things. I also get it. It is a good marketing tool. It is because it does set it a, set it aside, and people do appreciate we're still doing practical effects. So yeah, yeah. No, I 100 percent agree with that. I think um, I, I definitely think that that plays all the, all the publicity did cut some, undercut some of it as well. Um, I'll also say to get into what I was alluding to earlier. Some of the fight choreography or just, I'd say the fight scenes, some of them didn't feel as maybe, and maybe this is the, you know, seeing too many clips of it, whatever it is, they just didn't hit as hard for me as I'd hoped they would. Yeah. I do think, I think that's kind of along along the lines what I was talking about it being stretched because they just lose their momentum. Yeah. Like, and then there's like not on top of that, for instance, 
Haley Atwell's grace is a thief. Yes. Never once have we seen that she's supposed to be a fighter. So, so yeah, this was going to be my nitpicks if you're going where I think you're going. Oh, yeah, I think we are. Like, because we leave the, the very intense meeting knowing that uh, Ilsa or, um, or Grace has got to die, is what we understand. Grace yeah. winds up running away. Like, Ethan does his best to get both of them out of there. Winds up right back into a corner thanks to the AI. Cool. And now Ilsa has to decide if she's going to save the other young lady or save herself. So they take it completely out of his hand. Well, Grace walks up and meets, well, is trying to escape and runs into Gabriel. There's nothing in my head that tells me that Grace is supposed to fight Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> nothing you've given me all movie. In fact, all she's ever done is try to escape. That is yes. all she's, she's ever done. She's a good done. pickpocket, and she knows how to get out of situations. And so she why... has the sleight of hand tricks. Yeah, yes. Sleight, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, the sleight of hand. So what? What? Like, when I when I see her see him on the bridge, I'm like, instantly my thought is, she should dip. Or, if she, like, you make her meet it, you make her not realize it's him, he all of a sudden turns around... It's him, and then someone comes and rescues her. That yeah. ain't the way that plays out. Plus, just watching that uh, fight between Ilsa and Gabriel, I was just like, it di- it didn't feel big enough. Yeah, I think feel... part of yeah, because I think it was too it was too wide. Yeah, and it was just the shot was it... too wide, and uh, at least in my opinion, I thought the shot was too wide because like. I don't know. That's something that we should have been maybe over the shoulder. I guess you. I, I know maybe they were shooting for the cinematography of like you know, Italy, uh, Rome yes. in the background, and they're fighting on this cool slow. bridge. But like you know, yeah, it, it made just, it feel slow, and it felt yeah. like you could see the you could see it choreographed. It didn't feel yeah. like a fight. Yeah, because there's a moment in there like Ilsa swings a, a sword, and I'm like, well, actually, even in the beginning, I'm like, Ilsa, you have a long blade, a sword of some sort. He's got a knife. Why are you not playing to the advantage of the fact that you have distance? <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm thinking this instantly. And then at one point she does step in. Her knife, her, her sword goes clearly right past his face. And I'm thinking, oh, this could just be a backward swing and you decapitated him. But because of the way they shoot it, I can, you've got time to pick these things apart. And I'm like, well, why didn't he just stab her right then? She just, she's across the body, reaching across her body. And is in front of him stabbing the gut. Easy, you know, I'm like, yeah. So it's just like sometimes I think some of those things are just not there. The same with um Paris and Ethan's fight. It just doesn't feel as big as it should. Yeah. Um, and I also think part of that is just being condensed to that small alleyway, right? Yeah. Um, but I guess I think also like when I see that small alleyway <laughs> fight, that's not the which first I wouldn't time fit in. <laughs> oh. Man, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, how are they doing only, it? Only Tom Cruise and Palm could fit in there. <laughs> oh, definitely. Because I'm like, how the hell are they moving the way they're moving in this? Yeah. Like, because I'm like, they actually get to like bounce across. And I'm like, no, nah, yeah. it wouldn't be me playing. My broad shoulders. Yeah, I'd be, oh, shit. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just getting work. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, I don't think this is the first time we've seen one of those tight alleyway fights. And all I could think was, now, this is not fair to them, I will admit. But like, Jackie Chan has done some of those tight alleyway fights and his uh-huh. would be choreographed better. And yeah. he would make better use of the tall, like the slim, slender space. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like to make this fight scene feel more congested and more epic. 
And yeah. so like that was all I kept thinking. I was like, man, I feel like this is they just could be a little more oomph on all of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that's just what that's that was one big one for me was with the fight scenes was that. And then I think the last one, the last one that was most egregious. We oh. there's just certain continuity things that y'all have not that y'all have established in this series. And I don't want y'all to become like Fast X where y'all just doing shit that's ridiculous. The Fast series is ridiculous. I don't like the number of Final Final Fantasy. I don't like the number of parallels you keep trying to draw between this and Fast and the Furious. I'm saying that because there's a story here that we have to watch out for. And it's the tale of Fast and the Furious. We don't <laughs> want to do like That's the story we don't want to repeat. Yes, it makes money. But I'm gonna let you don't... finish. The, I'm gonna let you finish making your point. But I'm I, and after that, I'll go get into the weeds and, and snitch <laughs> on one of my co-hosts. <laughs> well, I mean, but I'm serious. We don't want that. We don't want things to just get so out of hand at a certain point that rules do not matter anymore. We don't like when you connect all the fast stories together. There's no way that they should be super international super spies. Well, I ain't gonna call them spies. They ain't spying shit. They just they, they just in international, you know, people who, you know, military geniuses, they doing a whole bunch of stuff that surely you don't, your resume don't get boosted from, from stealing Radio Shack materials out of a, out of the back of a 18 wheeler in the first movie. In the second movie, Tej runs a automotive shop. Yeah. You can program a couple of cars. That means you can now program a saddle. Stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> like you got, you've established rules. Mission Impossible has done a great job of that, but this was a huge, huge flaw to me. You have your, you have your disguises. In fact, Mission Impossible is known for the disguises. The face mask, they, yes. The face masks are exact replicas. They match voices. They do all that stuff. So how, how did you make this scene where Grace has to now, uh, you know, infiltrate and be, um, and has to be the, you know, the black, uh, the white widow. Yes. And you don't change the eye color. Yeah, that that was that was really weird. That was really jarring to me because Vanessa Kirby's eyes are just so piercing, so distinct. It's it is it is what makes her like her facial acting so great because yes. you are captivated by how she. And then if you're thinking of somebody who's interacting with her in, in, in real life say it, or say even it. her character, that is just going to be the first thing you notice. You're just going to be you're like, just going to say, oh, this person has really piercing eyes. Like, and, then for, and then for her brother slash bodyguard not to notice. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, and don't get me wrong. I was already a little bugged by the plot point that you're just going to grab Haley Atwell's character and be like, hey, go ahead and join the IMF today when she really has only one skill and that's a steel shit. Like, and, and this is like, like that you know of at this moment, moment yeah. right? Yeah. Like, what? You're going to yeah. put somebody who's never done this in this, in this scenario out yeah. there for the first time for something this big? That's a little, that's, that's hard for me to buy. Well, but, remember, Isaiah, they, they, they are the impossible mission force. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they make are. the impossible possible. They are. She was not. She ain't ready for that yet. <laughs> you don't just graduate immediately to something high stakes like this. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I would also say that, that once they do that, 
you definitely set her up for immediate failure for what for the reason you just said. Her brother, bodyguard, whoever the hell that man is, is with her day in and day out. And you mean to tell me in a scene that you have set to be on a train car where she hops out, puts the real white widow to sleep and immediately comes out and is not even a foot away face wise from this person. And her eyes are brown when two seconds ago they were blue. Yeah. Let alone the fact that she wasn't in there long enough to change clothes. Yeah. Which is, oh boy. Like, you know what I'm saying? But no, in that person's face with brown eyes when it's supposed to be blue, that's crazy to me. Yeah. That's crazy, crazy to me. Yeah. And it it undercut that entire scene um, or, or the rest of those scenes. Now, granted, yeah. I can, I even, I even let the, the voice modification thing slide because I was like, maybe they're doing that. So we always, as an audience, remember that this is actually Grace yes. and not um, Alana. So yes, the, the white widow. You, so I, I would I would have believed, and and yes, this is my bias as a big Mission Impossible fan. I would have believed that's their choice. They were like, it's too, it's too, it's too confusing for our audience if we just have <laughs> blue eyed Vanessa sounding like Vanessa doing this whole scene. So let's let's keep it brown well, eyes and let everybody and, know clearly know. And, and the world as right. it is, the characters see the blue eyes and they hear the voice as it should be. But for us, <laughs> well, I, I don't. Shoot. The audience will understand that's Haley. Which man? Which one is it? That's is Grace. it? Uh, is it number? Is it number four? Is that the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman in it? That's three. Three, because yeah. I think that's the one that's like mask crazy. Like there's mask all over the movie. <laughs> if you can, if y'all could trust us back then to be able to like figure out what was going on. Why can't you trust us now? And this also makes me wonder if that if if we're going with your thought, this makes me want to go back and go see it again. Cause now I need to know when Ethan becomes the CIA guy in the office, did they use the did his voice stay the same? Or did they purposefully not make him talk? I just want to make sure that I know that too. Now I think his can't, Yeah, yeah. Because if his voice changes, then there's no excuse at the end of the movie why you didn't make the rest of it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like that, but that's one of those things where it's your rules, your rules um, that you've established in the series, you're slipping out of them and you're just starting to do whatever. And that's a, in the grand scheme, that's a minor one, but I'm like, that's how things started with Fast and Furious. I'm just saying. It was minor yeah. little changes and then all of a sudden we got a rocket going to, you know, boys going to the moon and a rocket and going, a rocket car. And I can't have it. Don't, let's not fall off like that Mission Impossible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's my big ones. Um, I did feel that a little bit. Uh, there's sometimes where I feel like they, as the movie goes on, that we kind of that they kind of undercut Grace's character a little bit in terms of her wit and smarts. There are times when it feels like she does things that are that go against that. But yeah. overall, I was like, that's not too yeah, bad. No. I was yeah. like, no, it could just be she's in it. Truthfully, she's in newer environments and newer situations as she goes forward. So maybe just the, you know, with being a thief, maybe she plans everything in the beginning. And early on, she is just a thief, right? But as she's getting more involved in things, she knows less about how to, turn, you know, navigate that terrain. And that's where the bad decision making comes from. So I, I let that one go. That one's not one that I really, just coming out of the movie theater, I was like, that don't feel right. Like, she was really smart. 
according to y'all, but y'all <laughs> seem to be like chopping her down as the movie goes. So, yeah. but I think some of that's just for the sake of also story and building, pl- you know, you need those. Things. Yeah. So what's your overall rating? Overall, I'll give this movie a 92. I think me, it's, I can, it's, yeah, go ahead. For me, I can, I can get in that, I can get in that neighborhood. That's, that's a good place. I put it at a 91. Okay. Put it All right. It lost. Yeah. And like I said, those, those points I made were pretty, pretty damaging because I was like, especially that, that mask one, the mask yeah. one hurt and the uh, credits actually rolling so much, showing yeah. so much in it. Those two things I think hurt me the most, hurt the movie the most for me. And then um, it didn't add, have much, it didn't help that I had the situation with the fight sequences that yeah. they didn't feel as much. But yeah. overall, it's still, this is still an A movie, guys. It really yeah. is. It we really just, is. We did check into it out. These things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't, would don't, check it out. Don't, don't get these whack uh, ideals that my boy Kevin has when it comes to this movie because. <laughs> The reason, part of the reason why, yeah, yeah, I'm a stitch on his ass. So Ooh, we, we do it. Put it right there. You put it right there. Okay, okay. Be, and be, be sure to tune in next week, y'all, because you may not see one of us on here. Yeah, maybe yeah. permanent. That's all right. All right, Kevin ain't even gonna hear. You're gonna know we did all this. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell on him because this man has not seen a Mission Impossible since Mission Impossible Three, and I'm just all like, yo, what's up with that? He had the or he had the nerve to say that. Well, you know these franchises they're getting too big and they're just doing too much, and I just felt like I didn't need to see that. And I'm all like, this has come from the man that has been at every opening weekend for the Fast and the Furious series, yeah. where you just mentioned Tash went from uh, installing <laughs> speakers in cars to hacking satellites. <laughs> but you want to tell me when Tom Cruise is actually doing practical effects and coming up with <laughs> solid stories? That's too much. I gotta check the hell out. Hey, hey. No, no. I mean, tell me how that makes sense. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I get you. I 100 understand that. Like the only good thing I can give him for that is I'm like, three is actually one of my like my personal favorite. It's my personal favorite. Yeah. Um, but I will say also, but like, if, go ahead. Oh no, no, no! I was just saying three is my personal favorite, but it also leads me to another scene in this movie that I can get to in a minute too. But it's like they run through all the people that have died, like all the girl, the ladies who have died after getting <laughs> close to, uh, to 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 Ethan. Ethan. Yeah, and they show Ilsa, and they show uh, I don't know who's the other one they show. But I'm always like, do do people just forget forget that like in three he loses uh, what's her name? Is it Katie Holmes in the movie? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, it is, yeah, like I was like, they never put her in this. I'm like, did we just forget she existed? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was like a huge moment in three. That was the part that like blew my mind. Like, yeah. that's what makes that movie so great to me. But she's never like, I don't see her referenced, and I was like, we just gonna forget about her. <laughs> but now nah, it just is interesting. Yes, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Katie Holmes. Like, I remember you was in the series. If they don't, I remember you was there. <laughs> Gosh, was it? No, is it? Uh, maybe it wasn't Katie Holmes. It was Michelle Monaghan. Is that that? I know they show her. So that's who it is. That's who yes. it is. I guess. If yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the case, maybe that's why I got it backwards. Yeah. Because I was like, I kept thinking, I was like, I could have swore Katie Holmes is in uh, Mission Impossible Three. I was like, I thought it was her, and then I was like, but it seems like they keep forgetting her. No, and no, I, I don't. Like, yeah, she's she. I'm I'm looking at the credits now. She's not her. She's not in it. Okay. Okay. 
So I, I guess that must have been while they were married. Then that must have been the the film while they were while he was married to Katie Holmes. You know and what I'm just, hearing? Sounds yeah. like we need to do a rewatch. Hey, all I, all Mission Impossible's. I will say that I was pretty upset that I did not rewatch all these before going to see it. Now, to be fair, yeah. we learned about like the the early showing. Yeah, pretty like <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty like quickly. So we just had to get up and go. But I was like, yeah, I really wanted to go ahead and try and knock out, you know, all all the other ones before I walk into this, just so I'm prepared. I wanted yeah. to go one through six, and and print myself. But that's all right. I got a chance to do it again. It's just now in theaters, so I got time to go watch the other ones and come back. Maybe I'll do it on Monday. I'll rewatch it again. Yeah. Because I do want to check about that, uh, about that, uh, Ethan Hunt, whenever he becomes the CIA dude. I want to know if he talks and if they didn't change it. Because if they did, oh boy, <laughs> I'm going to be a little upset. But yeah, Mission Impossible 3 is definitely my favorite. So never mind. I'll take that back. I ain't upset. We didn't forget about you. They didn't forget about her. Because if it's uh if it is Michelle uh Monaghan, then yeah, we're all good. They do cover her and the other and the other, so we're good. But I will say, folks, y'all let us know what y'all think. I know we weren't the only ones who saw it this this week. Heck, the opening weekend sales and even the preview sales show that that wasn't the case. So if we got some stuff wrong. We'd love for y'all to interact with us. Tell us on our social media pages. Look for us, The Real For Real on TikTok. Also look for us on Instagram. Go to Instagram and TikTok and call out Kevin for his hypocrisy. <laughs> I mean, definitely call him out if, if he out here saying he, he watching all the Fast and the Furious, but he ain't watching you know, Mission Impossible. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of other there's a lot of other like series he could have said, but <laughs> but not I, Mission Impossible. He, yeah. yeah. I was, well, heck, he couldn't. I'm saying there's so many he could have said other than the Fast and the Furious one oh, he oh, gonna be oh, in there first oh. first to go see. I'm like, cool. This has been the Real for Real podcast with Kevin, Trevor, and Isaiah. Thanks for tuning in. Keep up with the conversation by following us on our social media. On Instagram, you can find us at the real underscore for real. And on TikTok, you can find us at the real for real podcast. Be safe, be blessed, and we'll catch you next time.